Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Shall we play a game? Asks Whopper Supercomputer, a.k.a. Joshua, in the 1983 movie classic War Games. Wouldn't you prefer a good game of chess? Give us a moment to think about that question. A decade later, when IBM's supercomputer Deep Blue beat chess champion and grandmaster Garry Kasparov, it became not only the first computer to win at chess, but also the first to win a match against a reigning world champion and under standard chess tournament time controls and rules. The Deep Blue algorithm was separated into three layers, together capable of examining 200 million moves per second, or 50 billion positions during the three minutes allocated for each move in a chess game. And that's astounding. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. The first time Deep Blue and Kasparov played in Philadelphia in 1996, it was Kasparov who won 4-2. But in 1997, during a rematch in New York City, Deep Blue was the winner. Kasparov had won the first game, but lost the second, and then drawn three subsequent games. And then, in the sixth game, Kasparov resigned after 19 moves. An average game takes around 40 moves to complete. This was a besting of a human by artificial intelligence. That had never occurred in more than 1,500 years of chess history. Or had it? Okay, of course not. We're in the season of fakes and forgeries. During the 18th century, early animatronics were hot. They were a popular feature in magic shows, circuses, carnivals, and other touring exhibitions, and were usually built and operated with various parts like axles, chains, cogs, gears, levers, pulleys, wheels, wind-up keys. You get this point. But automata had been around for centuries. You'll even find references to them in ancient Greek mythology. 
And over the centuries, we've seen inventions such as Leonardo da Vinci's robotic knight, which was capable of mimicking human motion, including standing, sitting, crossing its arms, turning its head, and lifting its visor. Jacques de Vaucanson's digesting duck could be fed pellets and was subsequently capable of, well, passing them. Hungarian inventor Wolfgang von Kemplin's incredible invention, the Mechanical Turk, was a chess-playing machine that could beat almost any person who played against it. While previous automatons were capable of a finite number of repetitive actions, the Turk appeared to be a fully functional artificial intelligence to anyone who saw and interacted with it. And for roughly 84 years on tours of Europe and North America, it defeated many opponents and it left audiences baffled as to how it worked. In the fall of 1769, von Kempflin was invited by Austrian Empress Maria Theresa to give a scientific perspective on a magician's performance. Von Kempflin, however, replied that he couldn't just conjure up illusions like the magicians who visited her court. He would, though, invent something that would outperform any magician's illusory acts. Six months later, his debut of the chess-playing Mechanical Turk blew the minds of the Viennese royal court, including his patron, the Empress. In appearance, the Turk was a life-sized, human-like machine. The figure was wood-plated and dressed in traditional and stereotypical Turkish attire. That included an ermine-lined Ottoman robe and an ornate turban. It had a long-stemmed pipe, a mustache, and what was described as a, quote, sage face that evoked an exotic sorcerer of the Orient. The Turk watched over an 18-inch chessboard, which sat upon a maple cabinet. To his audience, von Kemplin would begin by showing off the machine. Before each match, he exposed the Turk. He'd open the cabinet doors and lift its robe to show off its inner machinery. See? No humans in there. He'd unlock three doors of the cabinet to reveal the Turk's densely packed, mysterious inner workings. The machinery was clock-like, with polished moving parts that included chains, cogs, gears, pin barrels, wheels, wires, and other kinds of implements. The cabinet was also on wheels, which allowed the Turk to be rotated and viewed by everyone in the audience. The chessboard, ivory with red and white chessmen, sat on a red velvet cushion. But the Turk was human-like only from the waist up. Beneath its robes were several nooks which could be opened to show off more of the complex machinery that made it work. After showing his audience that the Turk was 100% machine, the game would begin. Von Kemplin illuminated the board with two candelabras. He would then turn a side crank on the cabinet, setting off the whirling of its inner mechanisms, and the Turk would spring to life. And here's how a chess game would then unfold. The figure moved in an obvious robotic manner, but it was fully animated. When beginning a game of chess, the Turk would move its head back and forth, shifting its eyes from side to side as if scanning the board. The Turk's left arm would then jerk forward, and it would pick up a chess piece, move it to another square, and set it down. Its right arm extended parallel to the chessboard during play, where its gloved hand would tap, as if impatiently, when a human opponent took a long turn. If the Turk won the match, it became a little bit sassy. 
It would shake its head and in mockery roll its eyes, and audiences were delighted. We're going to pause here for a word from our sponsor. And when we meet you back here, we'll talk about how convincing the Turk was from emperors to audiences in New York City. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about what happened when the Turk went on tour. Napoleon Bonaparte's reaction may, by far, be the best. Von Kempelen took the Turk on a two-year cross-continental exhibition through England and France, where it defeated American ambassador and chess aficionado Benjamin Franklin. The Turk also defeated challengers including the Emperor of France, Napoleon Bonaparte, the Emperor of Russia, Paul I, the Empress of Russia, Catherine, and the King of Prussia, Frederick the Great. The Turk once faced François-André Danikin Philidor, who was considered to be the best chess player in the world at that time. And although Philidor was victorious, he stated that it was one of his most difficult wins. The Turk was seldom defeated. 
British author Philip Thicknass believed the Turk was a purely mechanical creation that operated without any human influence. In 1784, he wrote of it, quote, that an automaton can be made to move the chessmen properly. As a pugnacious player, in consequence of the preceding move of a stranger who undertakes to play against it, is utterly impossible. The thing about the Turk, it wasn't just automatically executing a repetitive task. Pick up a piece, move it, set it down. As Thickness had marveled, the Turk responded to unpredictable behaviors of its human opponents, and it recognized cheating. If and when a human opponent attempted to cheat, the Turk would move the chess piece back to its previous position. During a match in 1809, Napoleon Bonaparte tried to fool the machine with knowingly wrong moves. After repeated cheating attempts, the Turk decisively cleared the board by sweeping its arm across it, scattering the pieces, and Napoleon, it said, found this to be most entertaining and went back for a second, legit game, which he lost. A young Charles Babbage also encountered and challenged the Turk when it toured England in 1819. Babbage played two games and was defeated in both. He believed that the machine was controlled by a human, but that it was designed so well he couldn't find any evidence to prove that. Three years later, Babbage began working on the Difference Engine, the first automatic mechanical calculator. You may recognize his name as the guy who also designed the first automatic digital computer, the Analytical Engine, written about in a paper translated by Ada Lovelace, to which she appended what is sometimes called the first computer program. Babbage's machines were never built, but his detailed designs of them, like the Turk, raised the possibility that machines might eventually replace humans. Though the Turk was just an illusion, it was part of a larger conversation about the future of machines, in particular machines that can think for themselves, which sounds a lot like conversation regarding AI and its pros and cons in our modern world. The Turk was a novelty, yes, but during the Industrial Age, people had begun to question not only what kinds of work machines could do, but in what capacities they could replace humans. Johann Melzel succeeded von Kempelen after his death and continued to tour with the Turk, including to the United States. The act remained the same, but Meltzel added a bit of flair. He installed a mechanical voice box that allowed the Turk to say, check, whenever there was a threat to its opponent's king. He also added, yes, literally, a feather in its cap. Well, he stuck a feather in its turban. Hundreds of people at a time came out to see the Mechanical Turk when Meltzel took it to North America, and it debuted at Broadway's National Hotel in New York in April of 1826. And there were rave reviews in the press. The New York Evening Post reported, quote, Nothing of a similar nature has ever been seen in this city that will bear the smallest comparison with it. Crowds during the tour grew so large that hundreds were turned away. Many people were amazed by the man-made chess-playing machine. Many also wanted to know the mystery of how it worked. With all the machinery housed inside the cabinet, there surely couldn't be any room for a person to be hidden within. The dimensions that we found suggest the cabinet measured four feet long, two and a half feet deep, and three feet high. That sounds pretty tight. There were many theories, from highly possible to highly unlikely, like Maybe there was a secret compartment for a child to sit in. 
Maybe an offstage assistant was at work, or maybe there was a chess-playing monkey that was creating the so-called magic. Some thought von Kempelen or Melzol, depending on the year, was conducting, if you will, by controlling the Turks' gameplay from several feet away using strong magnets, stealthy strings, or maybe even a proto-remote control. Others considered that perhaps electromagnetism could explain how the Turk functioned. Some thought it was the work of something evil or supernatural. One of those curious people was a young Edgar Allan Poe, who was skeptical about the Turk from the start. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors, and when we return, we'll talk about Poe and his influence in uncovering the real inner workings of the Turk. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about how Poe wasn't only skeptical, but also published convincing articles about why the Turk could not be 100% machine. Poe couldn't put his finger on its secret, but he was certain the Turk had one. He believed there had to be, as he put it, quote, human agency. It is quite certain that the operations of the automaton are regulated by mind and by nothing else. He continued, quote, We find everywhere men of mechanical genius, of great general acuteness, and discriminative understanding who make no scruple in pronouncing the automaton a pure machine, unconnected with human agency in its movements, and consequently, beyond all comparison, the most astonishing of the inventions of mankind. Poe reasoned that a human must, 
must be hidden in the cabinet, peeking through the Turks' robes, which he theorized became translucent under the candelabras, so they could survey the chessboard. Poe published the essay Melzel's Chess Player in 1836 in an attempt to debunk the Turk. He described it as having an, quote, unlifelike appearance and as, quote, indifferent imitations of life. Of the Turk's chess-playing abilities, Poe continued, quote, Upon beating the game, he waves his head with an air of triumph, looks round complacently upon the spectators, and drawing his left arm farther back than usual, suffers his fingers alone to rest upon the cushion. Poe wasn't the first person to argue that the Turk was a fraud. It had critics. But he's the one who laid out how he thought the hoax worked. And he was mostly right. He concluded that the Turk was just a puppet controlled by a human, and he published a detailed analysis explaining how it was impossible for the Turk to function on its own. His four key findings included these. One, regularity. An automaton works in a timely, automated fashion, meaning this chess machine should have made its moves in a specific duration, but it did not. Two, the presenter. Because the presenter, either von Kemplin or Melzel, always kept his back toward the Turk's opponent, Poe concluded he couldn't be in control of the machine's movements. 3. Movement When observing the machine in motion, it seemed to really only need a few clockwork components, yet the cabinet was crowded with all sorts of mechanical parts. Was it an attempt at concealment and deception, Poe wondered? And 4. The scorecard If the Turk was a pure machine, artificial intelligence, Poe considered it should be capable of winning every game it played. While the Turk beat all its opponents during its first exhibition, it did not always win. While in America, for instance, it was defeated by Charles Carroll, a name you may recognize as a signer of America's Declaration of Independence. Poe had valid points, and although some of his conclusions were a bit debatable, He was 100% right that it was smoke and mirrors, or in this case, foldable partitions and a reclining sliding seat. A human did sit inside the cabinet. The Museum of Hoaxes has a great description of how the Turk really worked. It was like this, quote, A series of sliding panels and a rolling chair allowed the human operator to hide even while the interior of the machine was being displayed to the audience. The operator controlled the Turk's chess game by means of a pantograph device, which was used to synchronize his human arm movements with those of the mechanical Turk. Through mechanical linkage, for example, when the operator moved his right hand, so did the Turk. Those guesses at the involvement of electromagnetism were a little right. The chessboard atop the cabinet was magnetized, allowing for the operator to mirror the movement of the pieces while keeping track of the game by candlelight inside the cabinet. That description we just started goes on, quote, the operator tracked the chess moves, worked the pantograph arm apparatus, and also carried out all the little things people loved about the Turk, such as nodding its head and rolling its eyes. Essentially, this is an amazing puppeteer with chess skills. All that machinery in the cabinet helped to conceal the human inside, controlling each movement by candlelight. Von Kemplin and his Turk-Turing successor, Meltzel, always intended on using chess players as Turk operators. 
They picked up new players across their travels, gave them a how-to orientation lesson, and then closed them into the cabinet. During Meltzel's North American tour with the Turk, he hired European chess master William Schlumberger as the operator-slash-puppeteer who posed as Meltzel's personal assistant when he was outside of the cabinet. Poe's arguments were so convincing that it wasn't long before people began to lose interest in the Turk. But there were numerous copycats, including Ajib the Egyptian and Mephisto. Chess-playing automatons went the way of automated fortune-tellers like Zoltar. Building on Babbage's ideas, in 1912, Spanish mathematician Leonardo Torres y Quevedo created El Ajedrecista, the first hoaxless automaton that could really play chess without human assistance. It is considered the first computer game, and it paved the way for modern-day AI chess masters like Deep Blue. After Melsel's death, the Turk eventually found its home at the Peel Museum, but was destroyed in an accidental fire in 1854. An expose on the Turk was published in 1837, spilling its secrets, and some say it was written by one of the hidden chess masters. But it's more widely agreed that the expose came from Silas Mitchell, the son of the Turk's final owner, John Mitchell. After the Turk was burned, Silas wrote a series of articles published in the American magazine, The Chess Monthly, which not only exposed the Turk's inner secrets and confirmed theories, Poe, you were so close. He also shared that as the machine burned, he imagined it saying, check, over and over as the fire engulfed it. I love that final detail. (laughs) I do too. I'll drink to that. Do you want to have a bogus bevy with me? I would love to. Let's not sit in a small cabinet while we drink it, though. No, absolutely (laughs) not. But you will want to put your martini glass in a small chilled cabinet, i.e. a refrigerator, (laughs) while we make the drink, because you want it pre-chilled. You are going to put into your shaking tin with some ice. First, you're going to want to get a can of peeled, pitted lychee in syrup. Oh, yeah, it's going to get yummy. I sometimes have difficulty finding them locally, Mm -hmm. so sometimes I have to order them, but they can be gotten, I promise. And you're going to take two ounces of that juice, that syrup from it, and pour it into your tin. And then you are going to add a splash of orgeat, just a splash, an ounce and a half of vodka, like a neutral, neutral vodka, Mm -hmm. and then three quarters of an ounce of banana liqueur. And you're going to give this a good shake. You're going to double strain it because sometimes that lychee syrup will have kind of some bits of of fruit in it. And you just want this to be really smooth and as clear as possible for a reason. You're going to strain this into your pre-chilled martini glass. You're going to spear one of your peeled cord lychees and you're going to put that in as a garnish because this looks like a dirty martini. (laughs) I was going to guess that. This might be one of the first ones that I I think I could guess the old fashioned because I am a fan. And I think that this one, but otherwise I'm generally not able to pick them out this season for some reason. And this one is called the chess playing monkey because there was no (laughs) other phrase that was going to come in to the cocktail part. And also it's like a nice opportunity to play really opposites because a dirty martini and a banana drink are not in the same continent at all. To me, they're not in the same universe. No, they are not for the same drinkers, generally speaking. This was so delicious that I drank the whole thing. It was delightful. (laughs) Even though it's spirit forward, Mm -hmm. 
the sweetness of it, which is why you only use a splash of orja, because by the time you have that juice from the lychee can and the banana liqueur, you don't need a lot of other sweetener. The vodka cuts it quite nicely, so it doesn't taste like hyper sweet. Right. It's sweet, but doesn't taste like a sugary drink. To make the mocktail version, here's what we're going to do. In lieu of vodka, you have options. You can do, if you want to make it to these same measurements, which is not what I would recommend, but if you like to keep the measurements the same, you can use like a water if you want to season a water and use that for it. You can use chamomile tea. That's also great. And it makes it a really soft beverage in terms of like the flavor is very soft and nice. And then just use three quarters of an ounce of banana syrup. And I would actually skip the orja because at that point you're going to be too sweet if you keep going. And then still use your lychee juice and everything else is the same. However, here is what I would do instead. That's what I was. (laughs) My preferred mocktail version is to bump up your lychee juice to more like three ounces. Dilute that a little bit with water. So you want your last ounce to be just a water. And then you'll do your three quarters of an ounce of banana liqueur. At that point, you can still drop in a little orja. It's taster's choice. Uh, But again, you do want to double strain it because you want any of the little bits to come out of your lychee syrup and for it to be as clear as possible. It's a very, very yummy mocktail. The jury was out at our house on which version was better, which is why I gave them both. I preferred that one. Mm -hmm. Other parties preferred the other (laughs) one, I think, because it did have a much softer flavor. That's one that, like, if you wanted to make it in a more sippable, not in a cocktail glass kind of bigger drink, you could throw that into a Collins or even a pint glass and top it with club soda or even a ginger ale and have this fun light banana drink and be sipping that all day long. Who doesn't want to sip bananas all day long? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do. But yes, this was super delicious and fun. So I hope if anybody makes it, they enjoy it. Obviously, if you don't like fruit flavored or sweet drinks and a dirty martini is your jam you may not love this one we'll see how it goes but i sure loved it but you might (laughs) but you You might we always love when you try new things speaking of trying new things we are happy that you spent this time with us today and that maybe you learned some new things about automaton history we will be right back here next week with more surprises we're going to talk about drinks and stories again right here on criminalia Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then, fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.